distinct comedy, fresh and original. Dear Clementina, letters from one border terrier pup to another. Written down for me by Colin Burke, read by Jimmy Hibbert, and engineered by Keir Stewart. Woof. Cavendish Street, Cartmel, first of November. Dear Clementina. Winter draws on, Colin declared yesterday as Monica tugged up her thermals before we set off for our big morning walk. Old joke, she said dismissively. Old draws, came his pithy reply. But winter, it seems, has undoubtedly arrived. Now, as you know, both you and I were born last winter, but I, for one, certainly never ventured into the great outdoors until early spring, so this change of season, with all these shorter days and colder temperatures, is a new experience, but not, I must say, an unpleasant one. I especially like running around with the gang through the layers of fallen leaves in the park. They come up to my ears at times, although I'm not sure that Monica appreciates it when I do my business in six inches of decaying foliage and she has to spend ten minutes tiptoeing around looking for it. It turns out that we're not the only ones to have fun in the winter. Seemingly, to cheer themselves up on the long, dark nights, people organise parties and festivals, and we had one just last night. Strangely... Unlike most of the do's at Heaton Road, this one didn't find Colin and his chums imbibing lots of alcohol and talking loudly, but rather involved Monica giving chocolate treats to bands of little children from the neighbourhood who came knocking at the door in the early evening. Oh, now you remember chocolate, don't you, Clementina? <laughs> it's that stuff you snaffled from off the kitchen table which sent you climbing up the curtains a couple of months ago. You recall that it kept you awake for most of the night. So I can only assume that they gave it to kids to help them run around more and stop them falling asleep so that their parents can spend more time playing with them. I must admit to a bit of a fascination with children and I've recently discovered a few interesting facts about the little angels. One is that people tend to have them if they can't have a dog for whatever reason dog substitutes, as Colin refers to them. You'll have seen that they're kept very close to their mums and dads when they're very young, but as they get older, they're contained in fenced areas in the parks and schoolyards, probably so that they don't molest us dogs too much. Any time I've been in their company, they invariably want to pick me up, and this is an undertaking that they're most certainly not skilled at. They're more than a bit awkward and always seem to wrap their arms around my chest so that my front legs are pointing outwards and skywards, but my undercarriage and back legs are left dangling down, unsupported and wiggling about. Oh, it's not an elegant sight, I'm sure you'd agree. Nor a particularly comfortable one, to be honest. And have you noticed that they have a tendency to stick their little fingers and thumbs in our ears and keep feeling our noses to check that they're wet enough? This wouldn't be so bad, except that it seems that children are born with permanently sticky hands which never thoroughly dry out until they're in their early teens. I assume this is for some kind of 
evolutionary benefit, maybe to ensure they can easily hold hands with each other, which they're often seen to do, squeaking and squealing loudly as they go along. So, all things considered, I reckon children may be harmless enough, but they're a pretty poor alternative to puppies. Anyway, the other evening, Monica made her preparations for the expected gangs of visitors stocking up on chocolate treats and sticking a big, horrible, hairy spider thing on the front door. Apparently, before they go out begging, the children play a game at home called Duck Apple, which, surprisingly, involves no ducks, but does include apples, a bowl of water and a process which Colin says that in other parts of the world is a form of torture called waterboarding. Shortly after dark, the doorbell rang for the first time and I duly ran barking happily to greet our young guests. But you can imagine my horror as the door opened when instead of the anticipated little band of kiddiewinks who lived down the road, there was a gang of the most dodgy-looking weirdos and witches that you'd see this side of a haunted house. Now, I know what my job as guardian of the front door involves, and it's to make sure that no rogues, villains or politicians darken our door for any longer than it takes for me to see them off. So at the sight of this wild bunch of baddies, into berserker mode I went snapping and snarling and barking ferociously as Colin tried to hold me back by the collar. The unwanted and the undead quickly got the message and were straight off screaming and screeching down the path, arms waving frantically as they scurried through the gate as quickly as their little legs would carry them. With the satisfaction of a job well done, and with tail held high, I then trotted back into the lounge and presented myself a conquering hero to Monica. However, for some reason that I failed to work out, she wasn't really as appreciative of my defensive heroics as I'd expected, and for the rest of the night I was disappointingly confined to that room, door firmly closed, whilst she and Colin greeted and treated the youngsters who were by now turning up on the front step at regular intervals. From my by now restricted position, I didn't actually catch sight of any of these packs, but I could hear them squealing and laughing, so a good time was obviously being had by all. We're up here in Cartmel for a week or so now, apparently to get away from the fireworks, according to Monica, I'm not quite sure of her logic, though, because I've seen and heard loads of them up here since we arrived, and I'm not really bothered by all their banging and flashing anyhow. In fact, one night last week, I raced out of the back door and out into the garden to chase down a fox that was hanging around in no man's land. Just as I did so, loads of those rocket things started exploding all over the sky, lighting up the night and making a right old noise. But I can tell you, the flashes and bangs to the left and right weren't going to put me off my quest, and I just carried on regardless, barking as I went off down the garden, charging towards the sound of gunfire, as a proud Colin was later to describe it. Indeed, he got very animated by it all, and as I galloped along, he called after me, Go, Stanley! Forward the brave borderers! Sadly... The fox got away over the wall, 
but I'm proud to report that I came through my baptism of fire with my reputation enhanced and any fear of pyrotechnics well and truly put to rest. I don't know how long we're up here for, but hope to see you soon. Yours, as ever, Stanley. Dear Clementina was written by Colin Burke and performed by Jimmy Hibbert. This programme was a distinct comedy presentation.